Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Smith. This week's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. We all know protein is the key to muscle recovery, and Optimum Nutrition Athletics Gold Standard 100% Whey Protein provides 24 grams of protein that mixes easily using just a glass and spoon. Optimum Nutrition's Gold Standard 100% Whey is made in their state-of-the-art facility. It's banned substance tested by Informed Choice. An Optimum Nutrition Athletics program, you can get such items as their Pro Gainer to help athletes build mass. they got awesome grab-and-go snacks, those protein snacks such as crisp Bars, Wafers, Cake Bites, and Almonds. Personally, my favorite are the, are the crisp Bars. They're so awesome. Uh, the birthday cake and the marshmallow one, really good. So guys, after dominating uh, the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings that same trust and quality that knows how to put convenient options for protein in the hands of athletes who desire to become bigger, stronger, and better at their sport. Down in the show notes, we have Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics, all of his contact information if this is something you're interested in. If you want to get this in your facility for your athletes, for your gym, wherever you're at, guys, make sure you reach out to Optimum Nutrition Athletics and Dave Harvey. This week's guest of the podcast is Walter Grandez. He's a strength and conditioning coach. He's been in a lot of different places. He's worked with uh, professional soccer players, academy kids with soccer. He's worked with professional baseball players, all sports. Uh, he's worked with rugby as well. I mean, this guy's background is awesome. He dives into every single spot he's been at and kind of something he learned from each spot. I think it's really important and all the, the lessons that he learned and how he used that for his athletes and where it's gotten to him at right now. He also goes into his tier system of, of his program leveling and how he establishes his program with his academy kids with the soccer. It's really cool because he talks about you know the age leveling up, when they uh, can move on to the next level, and just really how he hammers the basics with them and puts them in the best foot forward. Uh, so this is a great episode. Uh, thank you, Coach, for being this week's guest. Thank you for all of our past guests. Thank you for our sponsor this week. Uh, thank you for everybody that supports the podcast. Everybody, if you could give it a rate, review, and a subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give it that five-star reviews. Let us know how we're doing. I appreciate you guys very much. hope everybody's doing well and everybody's staying safe. Uh, a lot of great things are going on with the podcast, guys. A lot of great guests coming up. I just want to thank everybody that helps support the podcast. Uh, make sure you reach out to us on social media. We're on all platforms. Um, Coach Grandez's information is down in the show notes. Thank you again, everybody, and stay strong. What's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop podcast. Uh, super excited to have our friend from the West Coast here out in L.A., uh, Walter Grandez. Uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about you know soccer performance and athletic performance. This guy's worked with a lot of different places, um, L.A. Galaxy, Exos, worked for the Phillies, USA Rugby, USA Teams. Man, laundry list of great places. He's a great coach. Super excited to have you on here, Walter. How are you this morning? Good, good. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, like we were talking beforehand, it's it's pretty hot out today, so hopefully we can yeah stay indoors and stay cool. Dude, I got a shout out to the polo man, dressed up, looking good, making me feel like a stroker <laughs> on the other side. But man, uh, looking good. <laughs> business in the top uh, party on the bottom, wearing like like soccer shorts on the bottom. So yeah, to kind of mask that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, kind of- I mean, I, I your background, man. I was reading through it. I was looking through some of your, you know, your social media. I followed you for a really long time. Like I said, we talked before the podcast. There's people that have reached out to me and saying, man, you got to get this guy on. 
I want to, I want to hear about this background, man. I want to, what have you learned? Where are the places that you've been at? Give me a little bit of, you know, the story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, like my story kind of started off, uh, you know, during undergrad, I think it was like my final year. Uh, actually, a uh, quick little other backstory. I was actually not in the pursuit to be a strength and conditioning coach. I was in the pursuit to be an athletic trainer. I, uh, I've, I always liked sports medicine. I still do. Uh, I'm very fascinated by it. Um, yeah, I was on the path to do that. Um, applied for the program that my, at the university that I was going to, Cal State Northridge. Didn't get in. I was super butthurt, super bitter that like, you know, I had all the checklists, but, you know, um, one of the things they told me was that they didn't uh, take my requirements at, at a certain place for athletic training um even though um the guy that i did i got my observational hours was a a teacher at um a professor at casting northridge so yeah i won't go into that but like i was just kind of like all right well what do i do do i wait one year uh to apply for the program i mean i I hate to waste financial aid um and all that so um decided my all right what am i going to do um i reached out to a couple of other places to kind of do more observational hours and somebody had told me about um, Exos and they're like, Hey, it's not sports medicine, but it's sports performance. So why don't you give that a try? And then I'm like, okay, you know what? Why not? So it was a strength and conditioning internship. So I applied for it. I got in, I was uh, super excited. Uh, again, this was like my senior year of college. Uh, so that was the fall. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The, the going into the summer of 2016, I was going to graduate in the fall of 2016. So that was, yeah, my first exposure into strength and conditioning, and it was a really great experience. Um, first time ever being exposed to sports performance, going from the high school level all the way to the, yeah, the pro level. We had some pro soccer players. It was big with the NFL, so worked with a lot of NFL vets there. Um, also, a little bit of uh, the corporate wellness, Got uh, dove into that as an intern. Every intern had to teach the corporate wellness class that was um, at the facility which was at the LA Galaxies, uh, back then was StubHub Center. Um, now today is Dignity Health Park. So that was, yeah, again, first exposure into SNC, went back to, uh, that finished like around August, 2016. I went back to go back to my undergrad, graduated in the fall, um, yeah, in the, in the fall 2016. Uh, after that, I'm like, well, well, what am I gonna do? I really like strength and conditioning. It was a, a great experience, I want, but I wanted to find my niche, where am I going to go? Do I want to pursue pro sports, college, um, high school? So I decided to do a, another internship at my school, Cal State Northridge, as, uh, yeah, I was there for th- literally three weeks as an intern. I was already CSCS certified three weeks as an intern, and then the director had left, and he told me, like, hey, look, stick around. They might make you an assistant. I thought he was kidding, but that's literally what happened. So they made wow. me. Assistant. So I am like, cool. Like, you know, I've like, like, you know, hands up in the air. I made it. I'm getting paid to be a strength and conditioning coach, like right. you know, at a division one university, lots of pluses, lots of negatives uh, in terms of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a freshly new, co- newly endowed coach. Like how do I handle the X's and O's where I'm the only one in charge of, you know, of a weight room of, of the program did have some interns and they're looking for guidance. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a good experience. Um, 
but you know, I'm late. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, nobody told me how to interact with coaches. That's something you didn't learn um, in your undergrad. So you're just, I'm just kind of like, oh man, like, how do I talk to coaches? I would reach out to people and they would give me advice. But it was, yeah, it was kind of like a trial by fire. Like, again, great experience, but learned, um, but made a lot of mistakes. Um, but it, I got to that point where, like, I want it more. Like, obviously, I'm still a young coach. I can continue to learn this way. Or I can take a giant leap and just go intern somewhere else and get the proper education I should as a strength and conditioning coach. So, yeah, I left that job. It was, yeah, it was a paid job and I went to go be an intern at the University of Southern California really it's, yeah I, I'll be honest it was hard I took a gamble on myself like I didn't think at the time you know like is this a smart decision what do I do but um kudos to my girlfriend who pushed me into that decision it was you know I don't regret it to this day it was one of the best decisions I've ever made so yeah for the that was the fall of coming into the fall of 2018 so yeah, packed up my stuff and yeah, went to USC, was an intern for both football and Olympic sports. So it was, I had a really busy day, like 5 a.m. wake calls get in, um, I'm sorry, so like 4 a.m. wake calls get in by 5 and then leave around 4 p.m.-ish, 5 p.m.-ish, sometimes a little bit later depending on football's practice because I would be with football all the way up until the high afternoon and then work with the Olympic sports. That was, yeah, every day all the way until the end of December. Um, um, again, great experience because USC, I learned a lot, man. I, I, you know, they gave me a coaching voice. They gave me, I owe a lot to them. So I, I always tell a lot of people, if you have the opportunity to do an internship, I, I would highly recommend the, the University of Southern California. So yeah, kind of after USC, I was like, all right, well, what do I do? Like, uh, what's the next step? And I, you know, there was two places I wanted to intern at, and that was at uh, at the Olympic Training Center or the LA Galaxy, which was something that I always wanted to do, um, me being passionate about soccer. Well, I got the Olympic Training Center. They had like reached out to me. They said, uh, they interviewed me, they said yes. So yeah, like next thing you know it, I packed up my stuff, me and my girlfriend, we moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado. and for the next six months for the, my professional internship. Um, it was paid. It was, again, one of the best experiences I've ever had to work with the guys and gals there, um, just prepping for the what was supposed to be the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, well, now the 2021. Right. So, yeah, great experience, man, just there. Um, you know, another educational experience, learned a lot, was mentored under a lot of great coaches. Um, huge shout out to, to Sam Gardner. I learned a lot from him. He was kind of like, he still is uh, there. Um, he's like the head of Olymp uh, Paralympic Sports, SNC. Um, um, they gave me a couple of teams, couple of athletes to program for. So that was kind of nice work with modern pentathlon, um, Paralympic swimming, Paralympic triathlon. So again, great experience there. Um, but yeah, after that, like I was just kind of like, I, I I know where I want to go. I know what, what I want to do. I want to work in soccer. There was, uh, without a question that that's kind of the, the, which is, I would say like the end goal, but I knew I needed to get a little bit more experience, um, a little bit more on the sports science stuff, working with GPSs. Um, a lot of these internships were kind of required you to have that experience. So, uh, Sam, um, Gardner, as I mentioned, put me in contact with the head strength coach of USA rugby, John Hood. 
um, John like reached out to me and I'm like, hey man, I will show you whatever you can want to know about GPSs, uh, sports science. So he's like, hey, can't pay you, but I could give you uh, food from here at the Olympic Training Center. I can give you housing, clothing, I'm like perfect. So yeah, Colorado Springs, drove all the way back down to Southern California to Chula Vista. Uh, yeah, started with my, I would say more like my mentorship, apprenticeship with uh, USA Rugby. And I was there for, yeah, two months. Great experience. I literally uh, dove heavily into, uh, yeah, sports science, creating databases through Excel. I, I, I don't know if you've seen like some of my Instagram feed, like how yeah. I love Excel. I'm kind of like a, an Excel junkie, just kind of creating um something out of nothing um but yeah just was there two months um because i got a call from the philadelphia phillies um and they reached out to me um and they're like hey like we need help in the dominican republic um and our strength and issue staff we're we're understaffed there we were wondering if you can kind of come on board on this like emergency contract uh and you know great great opportunity but like i was just like man like i want to work in soccer like i want to work in this or intermittent sports like i love rugby i was digging it but john hood um at rugby was just like look man you got to take this shot at philly because when can you ever say that you're going to coach at another country so you can't you can't skip out on that opportunity so i was like all right yes so said yes to the phillies uh yeah next thing you know it literally the next weekend flew out to clearwater florida to get situated was working under fury leva which another great mentor of mine he was my boss with the phillies he was the strength and conditioning coordinator yeah so was there in clearwater for about two weeks getting situated and boom shipped me off to the to boca chica the dominican republic so i was working strength and conditioning there with the, the guys uh, age groups between, you know, youngest 14 all the way to 19, sometimes 2021. Great experience, man. I mean, kids that like just teaching them the fundamentals, the basics of SNC, getting them physically, mentally prepared to, you know, for the journey of the minor leagues, getting them through the system on hopefully, yeah, one day into the majors. Yeah, great experience. Um, but, you know, contract was short term. Um, it was kind of coming close to my contract when uh, the LA Galaxy had reached out to me, which I was like, oh crap, like this is it. This is my chance to work uh, in soccer. And they were looking for an academy strength and conditioning coach, which was even perfect because I love working the academy setting for baseball in that age population. So now I can do that with soccer. And, uh, and also um, I had applied for like a contract position with US soccer to be a sports scientist. So kind of, yeah, if everything fell into place, so nice, left Dominican Republic, came back to Los Angeles to my home city and he started working with the Galaxy. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the sum up of my crazy journey from going all the way East Coast, a little bit Southeast, and then flying all the way back to the West to LA. Dude, that's super, that is an awesome story. And I think a lot of coaches can relate to it and little bits and pieces of it. I know I did on some of those journeys that you were, you were talking about there. One of the most biggest pieces that I think you said there uh, that is very important is you said yes. You said yes to opportunities and you grew from every single opportunity. Um, I know as, as strength coaches, sometimes you'll, you'll be in a situation and you're like, man, I can't wait for this to be over with. Maybe it's an internship, maybe it's a job and you're looking onward to the next thing. It sounds like to me, and, and I can just tell from, from, from this, is that you were at your opportunity. You did the max, what you possibly could, learning and growing and and 
working yourself to where you wanted to be in the future. Instead of you had this main goal, right? Whatever that was, you know, working with the galaxy or whatever it was. And that was your main goal. But you said right here, right now, I'm going to do what I can for the Phillies or USA rugby man. So I think that is, I mean, that's huge growth. I think that takes a lot of maturity for people to do early, especially earlier in the career, man. And to say like, you're going from a paid job to an internship. I mean, not too many people would do that in order to better themselves because you're putting the athlete first. I think that's most important, man. You're putting the athlete first. Yeah, that's – I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was, it was tough leaving uh, Cal State Northridge because I deeply cared about my athletes. I, I always have everywhere I went. But it came to the point where, like, in order to, to – I, like, to take care of somebody else, um, you got to take care of yourself first. You got to make sure that you're in the right mindset. You know your stuff. You're healthy. Um, so yeah, if you can take care of yourself, then you can take care of others. So that's something I had to do. It was yeah, difficult leaving, difficult saying bye to, to the the people I cared about at, at Cal State Northridge, but it, it was all for the best. Um, so yeah, I don't regret it. It was still a tough decision. I mean, all of it, it was. Um, even then, when um when I came in as those first three weeks as an intern at uh, Cal State Northridge, uh, Jeff Kraling, who was the director at the time, now at Harvard Westlake, he told me like, hey man, be prepared to move this profession. Like it, it tells you at times that you got to move. The thing is a lot of people don't want to move. They want to stay comfortable. They want to stay at home. Um, just cause yeah, they, they do have obligations, other things. Um, I do understand that, but like, look, when you don't have any obligations, don't have anything, why not? And then, which is, yeah, I, I didn't understand that at the time. I told them, like, I don't feel like moving. But it wasn't until when I got to USC, when I was working under Ivan Lewis, um, who was the, the head SNC for football at the time, was like, yeah, man, you got to move. Like, like, look, like, just say yes. You're at the, you're at the point, still in your career, you're young, like, you got to say yes to everything. You can't say no to any, like, learning opportunity. Like, if you don't, you're not tied down, then do it. Just do it. Just shut up and just do it. So exactly what I did. Just, just went for it. Well, I think that's great advice for young coaches. I know a lot of listeners are young coaches. And if you don't have that obligation, I always give them the same advice. Like, yeah, just go out and go for it. Um, I know I did that early in my career too, as well. And, and it's something that paid dividends to, to now years later, I'm reaping the benefits of that man. But, you know, I want to go ahead and dive into, obviously we, you know, you had a topic you wanted to talk about here with the, the athletic development of soccer, man. I know you prepared for it. So I'm going to go ahead and the floor is yours, man. Talk to us a little bit about your topic of athletic development for the soccer. Yeah. So um, kind of in, in relations to uh, what I was doing with the LA galaxy uh, before this whole COVID pandemic. Um, so yeah, my job was to create a long-term athletic development model for their academy. Um, they may have had it before during my time with Galaxy, but it was something that my boss is like, hey, we don't have this. Let's, let's put it into place. And little did I know that, I mean, I mean, I grew up playing soccer. Like I, I was, I did the whole AYSO thing um, all the way up until high school. And even then when I was playing soccer a little bit into high school, like there wasn't a structure for long-term athletic development. So this is something that I'm very now passionate about and just preaching to not just to just the coaches, but just the family members, uh, to, to moms and dads of like, to take into consideration your, your, your daughter, your son, and how they should be progressed 
if uh, through yeah through soccer, if that's their goal to go play, you know, college or one day in professional, like there's certain steps that they have to do. Oh yeah, just to kind of take stuff into consideration, um, their development process. So, working in the setting in the academy setting, I grouped it into three, just three subjects. There's the pre, the peri, and the post. So what I mean by pre is the age groups between like the young, the younglings going up to 14 and the peri, which is the 15 kind of going into the, the, the 16 and then the post, which is like, Hey, like the 16 going on to, you know, college and then pro the professional level. So um, it's very big that like when I'm working with the young, the younger kids go, before go, they hit the 14 that I'm working on fundamental movement skills, which is just, you know, teaching how, them how to push, pull, hinge, squat, gallop, crawl, like all the fundamental movement skills. I think it's important to kind of, you know, start mastering those movements at a, at a younger age. So then prepare them for, yeah, the long term. Because I've worked with uh, kids that are, you know, 18 who don't know how to skip. They're like, they're, they awkwardly move. They, they didn't like really focus on that stuff when they were younger so that's kind of my big goal that I work with uh, that young age group in, in youth soccer but also just since yeah they're playing soccer introducing them to a little bit of other sports uh shoot like rugby uh basketball just um I mean research has showed us that you know it, you know that early specialization can be detrimental for the youth athlete they can either you know go into overuse injuries or you know sadly a burnout like you know they don't want to play the sport anymore and then they're just kind of then oh my oh man I'm lost like so just kind of yeah introducing them so in my pre previous setting you know Monday through Friday we would work on our fundamental movement skills jump push pull um then Fridays you know we would have like games multi-skilled games uh cooperative games you know uh uh tag football uh ultimate frisbee um uh, let's say tug of war, just kind of those games, you know, again, build a little bit of the people's skills, um, et cetera. And just, yeah, again, nothing too crazy. I'm notice I'm not diving into the specifics of soccer yet. Soccer performance. Again, that's the main focus for, for that age group. Then we get them into the Perry, which like they're the 14 years old. Um, this is, um, very crucial because this is the time when they're hitting peak high velocity and this is what I tell a lot of parents like hey look this is the point when your daughter your um your son is at hitting their growth spurt at their all time so great but some downfalls is that they're when they're growing into these limbs they're going to deal with something called adolescent awkwardness they're essentially going to look like baby giraffes on skates they're going to be all awkward they're going to move weird that's just because you know they're getting accustomed to growing um so at this point, they're going to have a detriment of their, their functional movement skills. Like what they learn, what they're learning before, it's going to start to decrease their performance. Again, growing into new limbs. So again, I have to cater to that need. It's very individualized. Just everybody, nobody's the same. Everybody's different. Some actually don't even go through the adolescent awkwardness. So again, just teaching these kids um, how to take care of the bodies, when to say yes and no, this is what I feel like, this is what I should take care of. Um, so again, just teaching them how, a lot of mobility exercises, a lot of strengthening exercises. Again, I don't have to give these kids weights. Like um, 
I can slowly start introducing to them, but I'm a firm believer of tempo work, you know, eccentrics, isometrics, again, getting them comfortable in those kind of positions when they're squatting, lunging, um, very big on that. Start a little bit showing them, uh, supporting soccer skills, like, you know, teaching them like, hey, look, in your next step of, of your uh, long-term athletic development, we're gonna get more into the soccer specific conditioning drills. Um, weights, etc. So just an introduction. I would call it more of an introduction, not fully diving in to the soccer specific um, conditioning drills and etc. Also introducing them to you know sports science, teaching them how to do test. Like, hey, this is what we're going to do for testing. Um, which kind of going back for testing, what we do is uh, growth and maturation. You know, weight, weigh them. Uh, measure them um, so that way we can kind of predict where they're going to be at for their um, their adult height. Teaching them RPE scales, getting them familiar with that scale. So, you know, hey, how tough is the session? You know, one out of 10, et cetera, et cetera. So that way, you know, they're competent on the way they rate their bodies. So again, makes my job a lot easier when they're in that next stage in their life. Um, moving on to the last stage, which is like the, the post stage where now I'm starting working a, a little bit more of the, the soccer specific skills. Um, but again, so with me, we're focusing on a little bit more advanced movements, um, sprinting um, techniques, et cetera, et cetera. Stuff that, again, I started showing them when they were younger. Um, just, yeah, start kind of refining stuff. Um, a lot of their conditioning is, yeah, it is going to be during practice when they're doing, you know, small-sided games, medium and large-sided games. But yeah, again, just supporting them there. And hopefully, you know, again, I'm teaching them the right steps to eventually now they're at that crossroad where, hey, I'm going to go college or I'm going to go pro. So that's essentially my job. And that's what I like about my job working with this age group is just kind of giving, being their support, guiding them. Um, again, through the performance, health, but also as young men and women, just making them better adults, giving them autonomy. So that way they know better. They know how to take care of themselves when they go off to college or then when they get promoted to the first team. So that's kind of a, of an overview of, of my, you know, of what I do with, you know, youth football ranging from, you know, five years old all the way to their, yeah, their 18 Dude, I absolutely love that model. I think that is crucial for the development. Like you said, you're you're rounding off those edges before they get sent off when they have to make that big decision. You're you're putting them in the best position forward, man. And something I had written down here that I thought was great too is that you mentioned that everything is you try to individualize it as best as you possibly can to the athletes. I think a lot of the times, and I'll see this with with places that maybe are dealing with with soccer athletes, maybe they're dealing with baseball kids, whatever it is. Um, maybe they're at a private facility, they'll just kind of get thrown a cookie cutter program that everybody, everybody gets kind of the same thing that, that we were talking about. And maybe a kid doesn't know how to crawl. Maybe they don't even know how to skip like, and you're going to have them do uh, you have them do power cleans. I'm sorry, but that's not, that's not going to work out. Right. That's not, that's not what's best for that kid. So I think it's super important um, that you break those layers down. Like you said, from those different age ranges and you've got to graduate up to that main level. Um, I think, to them, you put them in the best position forward whenever they're moving onto their next sport. Um, I think that's crucial, man. Oh, you know, yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, like, except, so I've been in the private sector uh, before. I've, um, 
I've uh, consulted with other athletes who like, hey, I this is because I mean, being in the college setting, I mean, they're not going to be with me in the summer. They're not going to be with me in the winter. They're going to go out to, you know, their personal private uh, trainer. So again, it's just me kind of trying to find a way to bridge the gap between what I like, what I'm ultimately want them to do. And then speaking with their trainer against I met a lot of good personal trainers. Some were, I mean, I don't like to badmouth them, but like, I'm just kind of uh, like, let's find some common ground. Like I get it. at the end of the day, like I, I, I'm not a jerk. Like we got to find a common ground, what's best for the athlete. So I, again, like a kid who doesn't know how to like, how to skip right, who doesn't know how to march right. How are we going to get load them up? Like, why should we like strap them onto like, to uh, resisted sleds? Like let, let's, let's focus on that a little bit more. And, and then, yeah, like, kind of yeah going back a lot of my stuff i mean the the moving patterns i keep it simple i'm a big believer of dan john push pull hinge going into the like the crawl like i think it's very important that uh, like we teach these kids how to crawl uh right and then carry i mean th th those are all important like skill set i mean yeah i mean you can kind of argue like well when does a soccer player need to to carry but like hey we're teaching them anti uh lateral rotation so we're teaching them like all these like core development stuff so yeah big believer i mean i still hold it today that's kind of like how i program around like my stuff in the weight room yeah man at uh I, you mentioned it earlier too i wanted to make this point is i have seen a lot of the excel stuff that you'll put up on instagram too man and i think uh that is you know i had scott uh, kuhn on here from william and mary who's now at arizona i believe and you know he works with the sports science there and he kind of dived in on episode, but I think that sports science at Excel stuff, um, the, the being able to athlete monitor, I saw you had a whoop on your arm. I use that myself. I, do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I use that myself too. I mean, it's important um, to, to start monitoring that stuff, especially once you get in those higher levels, you oh, know, yeah. you, start, you start working with those athletes. Can you dive a little bit more into, into what you're seeing with the sports science side and maybe for people that, yeah or maybe a little, it can be intimidating. I mean, I'll be first and foremost, I was intimidated at first by it. Yeah. So, I mean, what ultimately kind of dove me into that path is just, um, I want to make sure what I'm doing is working. And also I want to hold myself accountable, <laughs> like if my stuff is working. So uh, for me, that's massively big when I'm, I'm diving into the sports science stuff. A lot of people think like, Oh, sports science, that's just like the stuff you see on uh, ESPN sports science or the tech stuff. Yeah, like you use tech, you don't have to use tech all the time. Like sports science is exactly, yeah, let's do the RPE and it's just, um, let's do the, multiply that with the, with the time and you get our, our SRPE. And so that's, that's sports science. Like, so for me, it's ultimately like, it's using tech, uh, sports, I mean, if I can kind of give you a definition is using tech but also your own expert intuition just to know the what, the why, and the how of right. your training. Again, to hold yourself accountable, to make sure you're working. For me, also, it's chasing that proverbial rabbit hole. Like, I want to know why. Like, I'm always curious, like, why certain things work. That's, I think that's why I try to, all my programs should be evidence-based. I get it that some stuff works anecdotally, but it shouldn't end right there. It sh you should dive more into it. Like, let's switch from being anecdotal, anecdotal to like evidence-based. So, I mean, yeah, that's essentially why I, I deal with the whole sports science stuff. Uh, for me, again, going into the Excel, like creating an athlete monitoring system, 
um, just so I can see, okay, boom, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm progressing them. This is their uh, long longitude graph of, you know, of their acute and chronic work rate ratio. So just, again, yeah, it's just making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing the due diligence of like, hey, my athletes are progressing well. I'm doing it in a safe manner. I'm not biased towards my training. So, and also just educating other people, other coaches on this matter. Like, cause again, it holds them accountable. We're not overworking these kids. We're not overworking our athletes. So, I mean, it's starting to grow a lot in, in the States. It's really big out in the UK, Australia, New Zealand. It's starting to catch, catch a little bit on the trend side on the US soil. Well, I think it's important because uh, as you stated there, the numbers don't lie. And yeah. two, uh, I know I found with, with my own personal experience was, is, you know, we, I had my athletes tracking their sleep and writing it down. It helped, it helped keep them, like you said, accountable. And so yeah. like with, in your situation, you know, you're dealing with kids that are going on to, you know, either college or the pros. Well, they've got to know that they need to sleep so many hours. They need to be eating so many meals. They need to be drinking. Those are little small things, but that if you can track that and keep that educating them on, and you have those numbers, you can see like, Hey guys, you know, I, I think I've told this story on the podcast before. I had a friend of mine. Um, they talked about their, their program where they got so many hours of sleep as a team. They averaged over that week and they had a, a great performance whenever uh, that weekend at, at their game. And he looked back on it and their sleep was up that week. It's like, I wonder if that was a correlation. You know, the numbers don't lie. They don't. No, yeah, and then like uh, kind of going back to the whoop thing. I mean, I just recently started the whoop. Like, I mean, this is like my second month on it. Yeah. So I, I'm – I always like to try new things, like just to see hey, if they work for me, possibly introduce it to my athlete. Um, I'm, I'm loving the whoop so far. Uh, no complaints so far on my end. I just like that I can kind of like, you know, track my sleep and it's holding myself accountable on my own personal training. So that's something, I mean, you know, if the budget is there, I would introduce it to a team. Actually at the Olympic Training Center, all our Paralympic swim athletes all had a whoop. So that was great. And I'm starting to see that now in a lot of universities. Um, which is great. I mean, I, I wish every student athlete can have one because sleep is so important. Like I, I can't like put how much like emphasis, like I tell my athletes to sleep is important. You have to recover. Well, um, when I worked at the Phillies, I, I get it. Like it, it's tough for my academy kids in the baseball. Cause we lived in an academy. We lived right. in, the, in the baseball academy. It's hard for them to go to sleep to get some decent sleep because they're in a dorm room with like eight kids and you know like you have eight 16 year old boys like they're gonna be loud they're gonna be like oh let's play Fortnite," because i mean they had access to Fortnite. but good thing about the when i was there is that they cut off the wi-fi at like 10 o'clock so you had to go to sleep that is awesome yeah that right, so right? Awesome. i like i love that so it was kind of nice well i mean it wasn't all for me because we had a separate coach's wi-fi so i would have <laughs> access to the wi-fi but of course these kids they didn't have access after 10 o'clock yeah they can use their um their cellular uh data to go on stuff but i'm mean, like yeah hey man if these kids are paying for their own cell phone bills off of what they're making um just i mean they're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna think back they're like ah oh, i should i should just go to sleep so I get it. It's tough in, in that realm. But again, part of my job is just to educate them because again, I'm working in that kind of setting where kids don't know how to uh, read their bodies. I mean, they're, they're not probably educated. So again, a big component, my job there was not only just to train them, but to educate them. Yeah. Again, like all, a lot of our job is just education stuff. It's just communicating with these kids. 
Absolutely. You got to have that open communication. I always think of it like a rule of a third, like a third of them are going to do it. A third of them are, are going to kind of do it. And then a third of them are probably not going to really do it. But who knows if that third, maybe five years from now, remembers that conversation that you had and it's like, crap, I, you know, I need to sleep. So that's where that communication comes in. But as we wind down, you know, I want to go ahead and get, what are some of your resources that, that you use to help you as a coach? It doesn't have to, you know, books, podcasts, uh, YouTube videos, it doesn't have to be strength conditioning related. What, what helps you be a coach and, and a, a better person? Yeah. Um, I mean, resources, educational stuff. Um, I would say that uh, I, I have a couple of subscription-based services where I go to my education, education stuff. Like, so I, I don't really like buy myself anything. Um, I just invest on my education. I still do, uh, which is like, so there's uh, a platform called Science for Sport. Um, they're really great guys putting out great educational content. I kind of, they're my go-to stuff. There's the Strength Coach Network with uh, Kier, who has his platform out, another great forum for to get educational stuff. Uh, I like that forum because it also dives into a lot of career development stuff like um, you know, stuff that, you know, you, you didn't learn in school, like, uh, like, Hey, when I get a job, like what, what is my rate? What is like, um, what am I worth? Like CVs, how to build a proper CV, uh, when you are applying for a strength and conditioning job. I mean, it's different from applying for other jobs. Like it's funny. And like, I've had my resume, like evaluated by by an HR person who isn't in sports performance and they're like oh this is completely wrong but then I give it to someone who is in HR in the sports performance and I'm like yes like this is good it's just it's different it's a different piece you just have to again like so that kind of platform taught me how to like you know how to reassess my CV for the for the right job um other educational stuff I mean like, you know, social media, like, um, I think I have a pretty decent filter of who I follow. That's just because, like, I like I, that I'm given the option of who to follow. So, like, I, I just recently had Twitter. Um, I never really had it before, but the reason I had Twitter is just there's a lot of strength and conditioning coaches there. They invoice their, their opinions, um, some good, some bad. I noticed we can dive into a whole complete topic there but long story short there's a lot of assholes out there uh, like so but hey look I, I get it like you have an opinion share it but like at the same time have an open mind yes. and uh, don't be completely biased so I mean, again I can dive into all that but but yeah you know I follow a lot of great people I and mean, they put some good really good contract content stuff like research stuff books what sh people should read um free resources so then I do my due diligence go on Amazon check it out buy it I think I'm at that point where I have so many SNC performance or self improvement books that my girlfriend's like, look, we can't <laughs> buy another bookcase. Like, so it's either you go to Kindle or you get a, go to audible. And I'm like, mm, it's not going to happen. I, I like having physical copies, but no, I, I get, it. I do have a lot of books and we're trying to find a place to put them and she's getting kind of annoyed by it. But yeah, uh, those are kind of, yeah, my go-to resources. I know there's other platform stuff, but um, again, like, I think it's important to kind of also as a coach have a filter just know you're right from wrong because there's a lot there's also a lot of dumb stuff like out uh, in social media and you just kind of again I like chasing the proverbial rabbit hole like I like to know the why the what and the how so when I see something I will like try to analyze it and try to find a reasoning for it have an open mind that's that's pretty much it.
Absolutely, man. I think it's been awesome to have on social media too. And I'm sure you've ran into this. It's like, you're just a click away from where you can reach out to that person and, and understand that what and how and, and everything. I think that's, that's the good part of social media. And yeah, you mentioned a little bit of the bad stuff too, but if I could plug the strength coach network, I think that's awesome because there is no manual to this, to this career field, no. man. I mean, I know when I got into it and, and since I've been out, it's, I look back on it and I'm like, man, I had no clue when I first got into it, what I, what it was looking for. You know, we just talked about the moving, what certifications you even need, stuff like that. It's like, you have no idea. And that's not a, a diss on my, uh, my kinesiology program from college. It's just, yeah. it's just something that's just not, they just don't prepare you for. And that's why yeah. you said it earlier from the beginning, it's super important to get that good first internship and a good mentor to be around. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, they, they don't, they don't teach you this stuff in your undergrad. And again, it's, it's um, not really their job. I mean, it would be cool if they have classes kind of stuff for that, but yeah, it's, it's, that's what internships for. Um, that's one of the reasons why, of course, I, yeah, I said yes to USC. I had not just one, I had 12, 12 mentors. Like I know people say like, you gotta have one, like, and you're, it's your go-to. I'm like, that's hard, man. Because like, I would say the whole damn program was cause they were all great coaches everybody was different from Tim to Darian uh, to Ivan. Golly, I mean, they, I learned so much. So I, like I owe it a lot to them to give me the proper education and then, yeah, pointing me in the right direction to stay hungry and, and go for more. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's great to have that big network, but you know, as we kind of, you know, end here, man, I just want you to go ahead and plug your social media in here. How can people get in contact with you? Cause I think you're a great resource for people to reach out to. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much a little bit everywhere now. So on, on LinkedIn, if they want to reach me out there, they can just type in my name, Walter Grandez. I'm like the only Walter Grandez, I believe in the world. So you won't find another name that's like that unique. Um, you can find me on, on Instagram. Um, I think my, uh, my Instagram name is Walter.Grandez. And the same thing for Twitter. I mean, just Walter underscore Grandez. So yeah, you can shoot me a message there, ask questions. Um, if, yeah. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Wonderful guest. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely, man. Well, everybody, all of his information is going to be down there in the show notes that will be in there for you guys. Make sure you reach out to him. As you can tell, he's a very passionate coach here. Um, I'm very excited for everybody to hear this episode and, and just for him to get this information out to you guys. So make sure you reach out to him and always stay strong.